Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Great to have you with us. Thanks for being here. 888-900-3393. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Got a big full show again today. How you feeling? Uh, oh. Yeah? Mm. That good? Oh. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Practically perfect. Practically perfect? Yeah. Just about. Huh. Not quite perfection, but uh, right on the verge. Oh, total, good. Total perfection, yeah. Okay. For those who don't know, I spent uh, most of the weekend uh, in emergency rooms with a, a really wonderful kidney stone situation. And so came in yesterday mm-hmm. and it started building, but my pain uh, pain medication worked. <laughs> I, I, at seven o'clock yesterday, halfway through the show, yeah. I was about, okay, I'm going to have to leave. Let you guys take over. But I didn't. So, modern technology. Thank nice. goodness for it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Wow! Did you see that BLM approval is uh, well? It's off a little bit from its peak last year. Oh, yeah. What uh, happened? But only ninety two percent. It's down ninety two percent. Their approval rating is now two percent. Wait a minute. What? Two percent. Wait. So hold on. I don't know what's more shocking that it's only two percent at this point. Or that it was as high as 94? Yeah, it was huge at the beginning last year. Yeah, you don't remember that? Gosh. Oh, gigantic. Uh, yeah, so the movement was highly favorable among Americans last year. Mm. So, um, but now, mm, not so much. Wow. Staggeringly low, 2%, a 92% drop. That's I, a more dramatic I, drop than Dogecoin. Did Dogecoin go down? It was up to 74 cents. And what is it now? It fell down to the upper teens. Now it's at 35 cents this morning. Mm. But uh, BLM, my gosh, I'm, I'm, dare I say I'm proud of Americans for getting it on something? I know. Wow. Um, Really amazing. Uh, But, you know, what do you expect when these people, not only are they... Uh, what is it? We, it's a, uh, our, uh, our trained Marxists. Trained Marxists. Uh, we, uh, our, our trained Marxists. And, you know, maybe that wouldn't even move Americans at this point. <clears throat> Some wouldn't be moved by that. They'd be fine with that. But when you start affecting their traffic situation, when you start getting into the middle of intersections and, and inconven- inconveniencing people and showing what douchebags you are, uh, then, you know, people are going to get a little irritated and they're not going to support your cause i i've never understood the hey let's go out of our way to make life miserable for others and then they'll support our group seriously has anyone ever seen uh, any protest group whatsoever <laughs> blocking traffic and slowing you down from where you're trying to get and, and you, you go, liked it and you're like man you know what I'm, yeah, I'm on their side now i'm gonna support that group now <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't i don't think that's ever happened in the history of the world Seriously, did BLM learn from the PETA marketing team on how to not win friends and influence people? Apparently not. Hmm. Apparently not. Uh, So I I think it's great, though. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fantastic. Keep it going. People are realizing what's going on. 2% support now for BLM. A whopping (laughs) two, according to this survey. I love it. Um. Do you see that uh, Taco Bell is going to have a new high-tech drive-through? This is kind of cool. Do, do we have the photo? Um, look at that. It, it's so the restaurant is above the drive-through. 
and you drive in underneath the restaurant to the drive-thru location. <laughs> wow. And then there's some kind of innovative way that they send you the food, and it's supposed to be super fast. And <laughs> that's really cool. Okay. I think Minnesota gets the first one in oh. about a year. So these aren't available everywhere. But uh, <clears throat> Taco Bell, you got to hand it to them. Delicious and uh, pretty innovative there. Pretty innovative. And nutritious, right? Yes, and mm-hmm. very nutritious. That's what it's I hear. actually really, really good for you. Yeah, it's the healthiest food you could possibly eat, I'm pretty sure. It's kind of a low-key health food. I mean, don't hold me to that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's true. We're pretty sure. <laughs> uh, maybe Afghanistan will be getting some Taco Bell locations now after, you know, the Taliban has taken back over. <sighs> By the way, speaking of the American people not approving of you, um, <laughs> most Americans do not approve. 69.3%. Almost 70% of Americans disapprove of Biden's efforts in Afghanistan. Yeah. Most Democrats mm. don't approve either. Right. He's upside down even with the Democrats. That's amazing. 48.2% of Democrats uh, disagree with what he's doing there. Don't approve. 37% strongly disapprove of his handling. These are Democrats among Republicans. It's 88.8, so 89% disapprove. 80% strongly disapprove with his handling. I mean, he's been terrible on everything. But the good thing is here that the American people are seeing it and they're understanding it and they're realizing what's going on, that uh, he's an absolute buffoon. Yeah, and and to your point of how he's handling it, uh, he apparently called... Uh, so in Texas, you know, you've got the mask mandate situation that Abbott said, no mask for schools, right? And then mm-hmm. you got different locales like Dallas and Austin that said, yes, mask for schools. Then the Supreme Court in Texas said, no mask for schools with, where with Abbott. And Dallas says, screw you, we're still going to force the kids to wear masks. So while Afghanistan is collapsing, Joe Biden is calling the superintendent of Dallas schools saying, Good job. Way to force kids into masks. That's how he's handling Afghanistan, by taking his time to call a local school district and praise them for forcing kids into masks. The man is ridiculous. Wow. He said there was never going to be a good time to withdraw from Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, he spoke yesterday. Oh, this is good. He actually did. Uh, Here's some of what he said. I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years... Oh, I've learned the hard stupid. way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear-eyed about the risks. We planned for every contingency, but hmm. uh-huh. I always promised the American people that I would be straight with you. Look at him. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. Oh, really? Hmm. He, he is just reading words, man. The entire speech. He's just staring mm-hmm. past the camera. What's the teleprompter say? He doesn't know what he's saying. Yeah. And when do I get my pudding? He also said the buck stops with him. Uh-huh. I'm now the fourth American president to preside over war in Afghanistan. Two Democrats and two Republicans. Yeah. I will not pass this responsibly on responsibility onto a fifth president. I will not mislead the American people. 
by claiming that just a little more time in Afghanistan will make all the difference. Nor will I shrink from my share of responsibility for where we are today. Oh. And how we must move forward from here. <laughs> I am president of the United States of America. And the buck stops with me. The buck stops with him. But in that same speech, of course, he blamed. Probably blamed Trump. Well, he blamed uh, Afghan uh, <clears throat> army uh, and all that stuff. And he's been blaming Trump. Mm-hmm. But the buck stops with him. Sure. So. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, no one's. Is anyone disagreeing that we should get out of Afghanistan at one point or another? Does, I don't think so. Okay, so I don't think that's the issue. I mean, we've talked about it many times. Right. And, and to blame Trump, and Trump's plan, because uh, I was doing some reading yesterday, Trump's plan was to hand over regions of the country one at a time. And when they demonstrated, yep, we got it, we got it, we got it. And then we eventually pull out. Biden uh-huh. just picked a day on the calendar and said, let's go. Who cares? Let's go. I mean, that's what the issue is. And boy, have we left good people high and dry. Oh, it's just tragic what is already happening in that country. Well, anybody who helped us mm-hmm. is, they're going to be executed. Yeah, there's 80-something thousand people on a list uh, that helped the Americans. And, and they're already, Taliban's already going door to door saying that we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. Now, they're also saying that uh, we're going to extend amnesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't make deals with terrorists. I don't think that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and people are rightfully angry the way we have... I mean, this this looks so bad for our country. Oh, how can, how can our allies ever trust us again? How, how can you look Taiwan in the face Yeah, that's and say... Yeah, we're going to be there for you. We will be there when, if and when China ever uh, attacks you, we'll be there. Yeah, they're next. Uh, this is going to happen. And China just warned them. They said, look, uh, this kind of proves that the United States is not going to be there for you guys. Uh, so, yeah, they've already informed Taiwan of just that. Uh, yeah. So that, that speech yesterday, I watched the post game on CNN and I, I was amazed. They had a panel. They had eight talking heads up there, and he did not get good marks. And I was surprised. Really? That, oh yeah, absolutely. And in fact, How about that? Uh, what did Jake Tapper say? Hold on a second. Oh crap! I thought I printed it up. Jake Tapper uh, made a point. Uh, anyway. Uh, just basically how the buck is obviously not stopping with him as he continues to blame everyone but himself yeah. for this. Uh, so yeah. it, it was amazing. Now, MSNBC had the exact opposite approach. They were the sycophants for Joe Biden. They were sitting there saying it was a great speech. How awesome is Joe Biden? Mm. Um, they had a guest on. I don't know if you want to play. It's four minutes long. But uh, if, if you're if you're interested in in that... On MSNBC? Yeah, Brian Williams uh, had, had right. a guy on there. Uh, yeah, take a look at this. He represents a group that's trying to get um, the good guys out of Afghanistan, and he's been trying for quite a while. We want to bring into the conversation Matt Zeller, former first lieutenant during the war in Afghanistan, former combat advisor with Afghan security forces, co-founder of No One Left Behind, a veterans organization that offers services to former Afghan and Iraqi interpreters who resettle here in the United States. Mr. Zeller, it's uh, almost ironic now to state the name of the organization you founded. Um, given what we're watching go on, though I'm curious to hear your reaction 
of this consequential speech by the American president didn't run from it. He owned it. He owned his decision. He owned the fact that, as he put it, the buck stops with him. I hope he gets to own their deaths, too. I, I don't I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled. There was such a profound, bold faced lie in that speech. The idea that we plan for every contingency. I have been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office. I've been trying to tell our government for years that this was coming. We sent them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people. Nobody listened to us. They didn't plan for the evacuation of our Afghan wartime allies. They're trying to conduct it now at the 11th hour. The thing that they were most concerned about was the optics of a chaotic evacuation. Well, they got exactly what they were most concerned of by failing to do what was right when we could have done it. We had all the people and equipment in place to be able to save these people months ago, and we did nothing. I'm appalled that he thinks we only need to take 2,000 people. There's 86,000 people who are currently left behind in Afghanistan alone. We've identified all of them for the government. I have no idea why they, 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 he claims that people don't want to leave Afghanistan. I have a list of 14,000 names right now of people who want to get out of Afghanistan. And the idea that the Afghan military should be blamed for this. Do you know how many casualties the Afghan military took in an average year? More than the United States did in 20. When you're not getting paid on a regular basis, when you're not getting fuel, when no one is supplying you with ammunition, and yet you're still showing up to the fight, how dare us for having to blame these people for not having the audacity to be able to survive a Taliban onslaught? No, no, no. What we need to be doing right now, and what I am appalled that the president didn't say, was we need to be talking about how we're going to get every single one of these people out. Because let's be abundantly clear. People like me looked these people in the eye and made them a promise. We promised them that in their time of need, we would take care of them. How do you ever expect anyone to ever trust us again if we don't do that now while we can? Yep. And I'm sick and tired of trying to defer to the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan on what we're going to do. We're the United States of America. They're terrified of us. I have... Afghans on the ground right now who are telling me they're going door to door in Kabul and they're making lists of people who used to work with us. They're telling them with smiles on their face, evil smiles, that they're going to be back from them once we leave. So we either take them now or these people are going to die. I've been trying to tell anyone who will listen. This is a never again moment in the making. This is an administration that seems to be a profound champion of human champion and defender of human rights. Oh, please. Well, sometimes human rights have to be defended at the barrel end of a gun. The Taliban are a modern version of the Nazis. And if this was Dresden, mm. do you think British or sorry, not Dresden? If this was Dunkirk, do you think British um you know, yachting pilots, the British captains that were sailing their boats heroically in Dunkirk. Do you think they were asking on the beaches if the people they were picking up were Brits or French? Or do you think they were just trying to get people away from the Nazis? Every Afghan we leave behind is going to be left behind to a horrible existence. And if we don't take them now while we can, that is as much on us as it is on the Taliban mm -hmm. who will hang or behead them. Jeez. Pretty passionate about that uh <sighs> certainly more passionate than joe biden is more caring and he's supposed to be so empathetic he's supposed to be so sincere and caring really he he doesn't care he, he doesn't care about the afghans left behind you know i i kind of fell into the geez these afghans can't even defend themselves trap as well uh he seems to think that that's unfair uh, and that's that's interesting because 
I don't really know the situation on the ground for the Afghan army. I honestly don't. I, I figured, though, that we'd been training them for 20 years and supplying them with weapons for 20 years. Maybe they'd be able to hold up more than a few days. Uh, but he didn't seem to think uh, that was an issue. So who knows? Uh, it's just despicable, this whole situation. It doesn't have to have to be happening like this. Yeah. Meanwhile, the uh, Taliban's official spokesperson, uh, they have a Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. The president of the United States, former president of the United States, doesn't. Right. Permanently, permanently banned from Twitter. But the Taliban spokesman mm-hmm. is on Twitter. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> it's, right? Oh my how how does Jack Dorsey live with himself? How does he look himself in the mirror and think, yeah, I'm doing a damn good job. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, it, it, and sure, maybe the Taliban <laughs> is on the streets of Kabul chanting death to America, Pat, but I mean they're sure they're nice about it at least. Right? Yeah. We got that video. Uh, uh, they're just chanting death to America. Oh. They seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre. <laughs> They seem friendly at the same time. <laughs> death to America! Oh, hope you have a nice day, reporter lady. They're just chanting death to America, but right. they seem friendly at the same time. It's yeah. utterly bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. That is she a got nice that part, right? Uh, what's her name? Clarissa Ward. What was it? She's got a nice little outfit on there, huh? Yeah. Yeah, let, let's let's see the compare, compare. Oh, look at there. There's Sunday in Kabul, huh. Clarissa Ward. And then there is Monday in Kabul, Clarissa Ward. What changed? Ward. What has changed? The, the friendly people came in to power, and so she thought, well, they're so friendly. I'm, uh, I'm going to dress like, I, uh, like I'm under Sharia law. Now she's now. wrapped head to toe. <laughs> in a, that is unbelievable. That's good stuff. Well, they're, they're shouting death to America, but... Friend, in a friendly way. In a way. friendly way. I think they're really, you know, they want to politely kill us. Mm-hmm. That's all. They, they want to politely kill the people we left behind that helped us. They, so in other words, they're urging your death, but with a smile on their face. So it makes it better. Yeah. And maybe they'll say, I'm sorry, after they behead us. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. I doubt it. <laughs> Actually <laughs> do doubt that they'll be apologizing for beheading the people that they wind up beheading. What what a weird world. CNN just they never cease to amaze how pathetic they are. <laughs> wow. And now this 20-year mission has been overturned. Seems like in a day, but it's been about a week altogether. Literally 20 years in Afghanistan overturned in a week. Crazy. Uh just absolutely amazing. And again, all the people that we gave assurances to. Hey, we're going to be there for you in the end, so don't worry about it. We, we need your help. We'll be there for you when the time comes. We'll make sure we get you to safety. Uh, bye-bye. Not even so much as a bye-bye <sighs> to all of those people. Wow. Uh, 888-900-3393. Also at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, the State Department. I love this story. Mm. State Department is uh, calling for the Taliban to include women in their government. <laughs> what? Isn't that great? Oh, come on. Yeah. It's a joke, right? Uh, no. Babylon B reached out no. and made this. And 
Incredibly, it is not a joke. Oh. Despite the Taliban's long history of oppression of women and iron-fisted rule, <laughs> U.S. State Department spokesman Ned Price yesterday urged Afghanistan's new leaders to form an inclusive government that had women in it. <laughs> okay. Are they well, on crack? No, because they know that the uh, Taliban is concerned about their international... Uh, their you know, the reputation sure. internationally. Yeah. What was it that Jen Psaki told us? Oh, it was Nancy Pelosi, right? And she said, oh, yeah, and Jen Psaki. No, it was Jen Yeah, Psaki. they both said, have said, yeah, yeah you, you, the world's watching. You know, the you, what, Taliban you also has to this? make an assessment about they make an what assessment. they want their role to be in the international community. Right. They got to make an assessment. What kind of role? I'm, so you better include women and gays and transgender people. And you better go by what pronoun they want to be called. Because the international community is watching you. You have to make an assessment. What a joke. It's like they're children or something. It's like they don't understand the world in any way. Price cited a UN declaration calling for an immediate cessation of all hostilities and the establishment through inclusive negotiations of a new government that's united, inclusive, and representative including with the full, equal, and meaningful participation of women. That's our State Department? Yeah. Lay off the crack, y'all. Come yeah. on. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even the United <laughs> Nations themselves have said, uh, just a heads up, the Taliban who has just taken over Afghanistan, yeah, they're still closely aligned with Al-Qaeda. Just thought we would uh, mention that. So the United Nations is warning us more than our own State Department? <laughs> Help us. That's, I mean, this is how woke they are (laughs) price said that the u.s government would recognize a potential new government of afghanistan so long as that government upholds rights doesn't harbor terrorists and protects the rights of women and girls he didn't say how the taliban could convince the u.s government that it's reformed itself uh in this way he argued that even though the u.s military would, would, would withdraw from afghanistan american forces achieved the goal of the operation to decimate the network and that conceived of and launched the uh, September 11th attacks. He said the U.S. forces would still have over-the-horizon capabilities to fight terrorism in the war in Afgh- when the war in Afghanistan ends, which I think it kind of already has, has it not? Uh, Price claimed that it was clear the government of Afghanistan would not have endured 20 years were it not for the broad and generous support of the United States and the world. Um, I'm thinking that's probably small consolation for him right now. State Department spokesman acknowledged the emotional resonance of the footage of Afghans rushing to get onto planes as they fly away from Kabul. So much so that they were hanging on to the outside of the of the airplane after it took off. And then, of course, fell. They are searing They are painful, they're difficult to see, they're difficult to watch. We share a common humanity with these Afghans whose desperation, whose fear, whose concern, they wear it on their faces. U.S. government's working to bring as many vulnerable Afghans to safety as it can. Okay. Mm. I mean, all this empty rhetoric. uh, It's got to be painful for them to hear. Yeah, there's a reporter for Al Jazeera English. Say what you will about Al Jazeera, but uh, Charlotte Bellis has been reporting lots of stuff. And I, I'd imagine that they leave her alone because she is Al Jazeera 
But uh, she just tweeted out, Return to my hotel to find hotel security has been replaced by Taliban members with AKs. They had parked their U.S.-made Humvees outside. Said good evening. They looked startled. And I walked into the lobby and ordered room service. Welcome to the new Kabul. So we have... uh, They've already started using our Humvees and we left there for them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Hey, by the way, don't bother going to a dealership or anything. We're, we left you a whole bunch of really nice uh, Humvees that you can you just take. Seriously. Keys are in it. Uh, they're on the visor. How many miles does this got on it? Hmm? Desert miles? Yeah, these are all. These were only driven by uh, grandmothers. <laughs> on Sundays? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Humvees driven by grandmothers on Sundays. No, Fridays. On Fridays on their way to mosque. <laughs> yeah. On Fridays on their way to mosque. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's hardly anywhere in Tarot. It's, it's got that new Humvee scent still in it. <clears throat> yeah, huh? yeah. Yeah. Nice. You're going to like that. Boy, <laughs> how armed is the Taliban now? Oh, my like, gosh. W- what was the thing we read that they have a greater military capability mm-hmm. on just seized American weapons and, and uh, wep- uh, weapons and, and, and equipment than 166 other nations on this planet? How many nations are there on this planet? I think it's. 192 or 197, some somewhere in that range. Oh, the- what? 195? Mm-hmm. So so literally, they're just the top 30 now in, in the power rankings, just based on what we left behind militarily for the Taliban. <laughs> That's absolutely Help incredible, us. isn't this it? This is not going to end well. That's incredible. What's the what's the shoe that's going to drop? Like, is there going to be another 9/11? God forbid that. Yeah. But. They are more armed now than they were 20 years ago, and that's for sure. Well, I don't think there's any question of that. Well, I'm we saying they pulled off a 9-11 without the yeah. military equipment that we took over there and left, and oh right. my goodness. Right. This is that's, sad stuff, dude. It, it really is inconceivable. You keep using that word. I know. I don't think it means what you think it means. I mean, where do you go with this? Scary. How, how, you can't even, there are not words in the English language to describe what's going on right now. It's terrifying to think that, <clears throat> that, that our State Department isn't issuing uh, press releases about the threat from this new power regime in Afghanistan. Instead, they're saying, yo, yo, let's get some women and some diversity in the <laughs> Taliban <laughs> cabinet. Yeah. What the hell? What is happening? <laughs> get some women in the... It's not even that you're... I mean, we're going to support them and recognize them if they're inclusive, <laughs> if they tell us they're inclusive. Yeah, we put all kinds of uh, diversity into our government. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll recognize you. I mean, how are we supposed to vet that? That's asinine. It's just the lunacy of these people, the naivety. They're just, or is it just sheer butt stupidity? I, I, I probably a combination because I, I've never seen anything like it. It really is like we're dealing with children in office who just don't have any understanding of the world. Well, are you gonna put are you gonna put some uh, homosexuals in your government? Are you are you gonna have a, a lot of trans people, trans women? Sure, sure, whatever. Just get out, get out, get go away. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll take care of it. Jeez. Uh, now, are you, are you going to call them by their preferred pronouns oh, no. when they're in government? Oh, boy. Yeah, I hope. I hope. That's a great question. Yeah, it is. Uh, Taliban, you up for this? <laughs> Can you handle this? 
They You're going to use their proper pronouns, right? <laughs> they, yeah. them will die. There. Excuse me, it's ma'am. It use, is ma'am. I use the pronoun. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff they're worried about, though. The left is worried about here. While that's going on over there, the kind of stuff we're worried about is what kind of pronouns are you going to use? And if you don't use the right ones, you might even be arrested. Uh, it's just absolutely asinine. It is terrifying. And terrifying. What we have... Um, <clears throat> what we've become. What we, not only what we've become, uh, but just our place in the world now. I mm-hmm. mean, this is, this is a really big deal as far as just how we are viewed in the world. Yeah. And again, China said U.S. humiliation in Afghanistan should be a warning, a warning sign to Taiwan and other U.S. allies in the region that the American military, quote, won't come to help, unquote, if war breaks out in the future. How do you argue with that? You just really can't. Because actions speak louder than words and, and the paper treaties that aren't worth the, the paper they're printed on. As Taliban militants reclaim control of war-torn a- Afghanistan, uh, China is stepping up to fill in the power vacuum. And you bet they're going to. I mean, of course they're going to. They're already in touch with, uh, with the Taliban leadership. Yeah, already trying to stick themselves into Afghanistan. Quote, China is ready for friendly relations with Taliban. Oh, I bet they are. Mm-hmm. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed. Welcome. 888-900-3393. Got some... Tweets here from uh, Vern Lundquist. Minnesota gets the first fancy Taco Bell. I give it a month before it's burned to the ground peacefully. <laughs> yep. B. DeBodine. 2% support BLM. That's still about 1.999999% too much. Uh, rowdy, rowdy introvert. Things are so bad in this country right now that both the living and the dead are regretting their votes for Biden. It's <laughs> a really good point. Swank think I'm sure foreign nationals will be ecstatic to work with us in the future. Oh, yeah. Okay. How could you? How, how could you even consider? I don't know. <sighs> but, yeah, things are going well. Um, they're going really well. We're starting to turn uh, racism against minorities to racism against the majority. And that's, of course, that was the goal from the beginning, right? Not to rid ourselves of racism completely. We just wanted to turn it around on the white people so they could experience their share of it. Listen to the reaction. Okay, the the big deal was, I don't know, the white population, according to the last census, declined for the first time in American history. So... Uh, Jimmy Fallon was talking about that. Listen to the reaction from the from the audience. Here's the results of the 2020 census just came out. And for the first time in American history, the number of white people went down. What? Uh, why would you cheer that? What a racist audience. Yeah. Yeah. If that was turn it around. If that was uh, for the first time in a long time or first time ever. The uh, population of black people went down, and then people cheered. Oh my gosh, they'd be hunted down. They they would probably turn the cameras around and try to zoom in on the people <laughs> who, who did it. No joke, right? Yeah, and then they'd be <laughs> summarily canceled. 
if not arrested or beaten. So the percentage of whites in America fell from 63 to 57%. Wow, that's a big decline, in too. In the U.S. Census. Mm-hmm. In 10 years, it went down 63 to 57? Wow. Wow. And uh, people in Fallon's audience cheered. Okay, mm-hmm. great. That's, that's great. Thanks. <laughs> Just when you think the accusations of racism can't get any more absurd, we got this ridiculous headline popping up on Yahoo Sports. Major League Baseball umpires show discrimination against non-white players, according to a new study. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, yeah, because you think it is, because you're white. Mm -hmm. That's right. You read it correctly. Major League umpires are racist. Oh, no. And it's based on allegedly erroneous ball and strike calls and which player benefits from the errant call. This is truly the dumbest study ever, but it's still entertaining. A new study suggests MLB umpires discriminate against non-white players, according to Hank Snowden, Mm. a student at Claremont McKenna. Oh, a college kid. This would be good. The study used balls and strikes data from the past 13 seasons to determine the rate of missed calls against certain players. Snowden determined which should be called strikes and which were called balls. Snowden did. Okay, so is he like an expert in balls and strikes? You know know Hank Snowden. He's a college kid. (laughs) He's got the. Oh, is he the one from Claremont McKenna? That's the guy. That's the guy. Oh, now you know. He's got the uh, bona fides or whatever it's called, right? Because (laughs) it used uh, to be called bona fides. Yeah, but But now uh, I think we changed it. Yeah, bona fides. Right. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Okay, so he determines what should have been a ball, what should have been a strike. Uh huh. And then he looks at the race of the umpire. You're getting it. The race of the batter. Uh huh. And the race of the pitcher. What Snowden found was that umpires made more advantageous calls when their race was the same as the person receiving the advantage. <gasps> oh, big disparity, okay. right? Big disparity. So you got a Hispanic uh, umpire okay. and a Hispanic batter. He's going to be very sympathetic. Very sympathetic. That's, that to strike that guy. zone is going to be a lot smaller then. Okay. You got a white umpire and a white uh-huh. batter. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, white supremacy. Yes, the most dangerous thing that we face on earth well in this country the uh, difference of the alleged racist calls hey, what was it what's the t- is it like 50 percent of the time <laughs> like in other words yeah something really egregious you're, you're a white supremacist right. umpire yeah. right mm-hmm. and and so what 100 percent of the time like it's mm-hmm. gonna be right down the middle so the white batter and you're gonna call so it a ball obvious mm-hmm. right that we had to we had to do a story on this uh, it's a grand total of uh, the difference of the alleged racist calls. The grand total of zero point three percent. This kid, I swear, he ran the numbers three tenths of one percent, and he was he was he was upset probably that they didn't the numbers weren't like this huge disparity. And he's like, screw it! I put all this time and effort through this uh, project. Mm-hmm. I'm publishing this anyway. Maybe someone will pick it up. And of course, Yahoo Sports, in their majestic uh, uh, politicizing of everything in this country mm-hmm. connected to sports, mm-hmm. published it. His first offering, just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. <laughs> That's a strike, man. Ball four. No, it's a strike. <laughs> That's a strike. All eight. <laughs> now see. If uh, if the umpire were black, he would have called those strikes. And the 
uh, and the batter was white, they would have been strikes. Sure. Something. Or something. I don't know that we had a batter. Oh, look at that. Oh, there's Obama pitching. I mean, that's oh, a show the Obama oh, yeah, Obama. Uh! Oh, my gosh. That's uh. so embarrassing. And he's proud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I nailed it. I bounced it right in front of the plate from about halfway to the plate. And I threw it like a girl. And uh, I nailed it. Okay. Thanks, Barack. Also, Mr. Snowden claims to have made the calls himself, of course, which is hard to do, especially <laughs> if you understand anything about baseball oh, and the strike yeah. zone. It's all, I mean, he's got a certain prejudice going into this, right? He, he was wants, looking to prove mm-hmm. something. So you could easily. So even with his bias. Yeah, still in, 0.3%. 0.3%. Negligible, out of millions man. of pitches over that amount of time. that's not even worth talking even if it's true that's not worth talking about everything is racist yes yeah yeah that is that's the thing that's what makes it worth talking about because we're in such a we got to point this stuff out because stupid era it's just that was humorous yeah more than anything yeah insane (laughs) just absolutely insane meanwhile kentucky uh teacher oh gosh has uh, yeah, she was given a tour of the school before the first day and right. showing how proud she was of she all of her teachers that put out some flags. Yeah, look at this, the classrooms. Okay. I Let's see. teach in Kentucky, and I am very grateful mm-hmm. um, for my district and my school. Okay. I'm not the only one who has flags up either. This is another classroom. Oh, rainbow flag. Another Good. one. Good. Yeah, another one, and Black Lives Matter. And it's a safe zone mm. for gays and okay. black lives matter and rainbow flag another one black every lives, room rainbow every rainbow oh no don't tell me they don't have black lives matter home. yeah they do. okay good Ooh. wow oh, close and one. my cute little flower one all right right and this is the best one yet oh wow look at that and it turned out really nice sure Aww. did it sure sure did so inclusive what, what has happened to the gay flag, the rainbow thing? It almost looks like a Gmail uh, logo now. I don't know if you can do an ISO on that, Rob, but it, it just looks like a Gmail logo now instead of like uh, LGBT, what is it? Q, Q-Q-I-A-A-2 plus. A-A-2 plus. Uh-huh. I don't know if you, yeah. Uh, no, not that one. No, there's another one that, that that's in like most of the rooms. No. Not worth it. That's not us. Yeah. I mean, it is us, That's but us. It's, it's not the rainbow flag. Yeah. But it, it just looks like a little Gmail logo now. So I wonder if there's huh. going to be... Look is at, it see, that one? Yeah. Thank you so much, Rob. Oh, yeah. See, that I think there's going to be like an, a, a lawsuit between yeah. the gay community and, and Google now. Right. Because, like Google would ever sue the LGBTQQIAA2 plus people. Yeah. That's a good point. <clears throat> so there, there's, there's the There's the indoctrination that, of your kids yeah, right there, there. There's the rooms your kids are there it is. learning in. Now, obviously, not every single school in in the country is going to have that, but usually the stuff starts to spread. Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky. Right. That wasn't Manhattan. I I don't know. Again, if I had kids in school, I'd be taking them out all over again. Uh, I mean, I was... We, we were blown away by what was going on in 1990. Right. When we started homeschooling. Can you imagine oh. having your kids in public school now? Uh, no, I was... I can't imagine it. I was just having this conversation <clears throat> last night with Carrie. I said, our kids, like, how, how are you going to raise a kid in this world? 
how are they going to raise their kids, our, our kids right now, when they when they have their own mm -hmm. children? Right. The world is I insane enough right now. I cannot imagine. I, I was just telling you during the break, I can't even see 2024 at this point. Yeah. The world is in, our country is in such chaos. Uh, oh, there we go. See, we're potential terror threats. Homeschool. <laughs> Homeschool. <laughs> Don't swoon and scream with delight every time they hear the name Obama. All right? I fit both of those. Yeah, yeah guilty. <clears throat> Let's see the whole list. Yeah, wanna, that's, this is the Babylon B, which is really just a, a, a simple distillation of the Homeland Security threat list. Yeah, yeah. I love this. So if we could see the yeah. Sorry. list, maybe. We gave him a thing. No, there, there it is. Ta-da! No pronouns in your bio. Okay, that's your. That's a sign of so being we should, a potential. We should, we should do a terror score here. Hang on a second. Okay. Let me, let me keep track, and we'll just do you, Pat. Here. Uh, okay. So, so you're one for one. Okay. Married with kids, works a normal job. Sure. Yes. Two. Yes. Okay. Uh, didn't like Captain Marvel. Oh, absolutely. Right. Okay. Okay. So three for three. Doesn't like taxes. Okay. I don't. Right. Finds Kamala Harris slightly off. -putting. Five for five. <laughs> Own a Bible, yes. You own a Bible, okay. Mm -hmm. What else we got here? Shop at Walmart, okay. I have. Yes, yes. And do. Uh, watched YouTube anytime prior to 2015, wow. yeah. okay. Uh, doesn't triple mask. Don't triple mask. It's definitely one. <laughs> wear New Balance? You, no, I don't wear You don't have New Balance. Balance shoes? I don't. Okay, so then we're going to just, I guess I'll do another one here, okay? Uh, when you say, I hate Trump, they just laugh nervously and say, yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's all <all> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I don't want to talk to this. I don't, don't want to get into it. This is a conversation it. I'm not having. All yes, right. exactly. Because, I mean, if you want to really nuance this, we can't, but I know you don't, uh, don't Yeah, we don't want that. Uh, invite you to join a militia to invade the Capitol building and take back the government by deadly force to Wait. usher in the second golden Can age of Trump. No. Okay. I did not do that, but dislikes The Last Jedi? Absolutely. Which one was that? Is that the one where he's uh, living up on the hill? Luke, Luke yeah, Camel? it's the one where Luke goes to the battle yeah. in his mind or whatever oh, yeah. Jedi trick they which, do. Which is actually in canon. Yes. Uh, yeah, it but, is. But it's still, it is. It still was. But they ruined Luke in that. They yeah. made him a little whiner crybaby. Well, that, he was just terrible. playing the role of himself, Luke Hamill, on Twitter. Yes, that's true. Okay, that's so true. you've got a score of... Hold on a second. Uh... <laughs> 11 out of 13. My right. gosh. Uh, can we get I DHS think, on the phone? Corby. Yeah. I think Call there's a Security. definite threat sitting in this chair right now. Yeah, there is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's not funny because eventually they will. They'll well, they'll come and take us and away from this. This is the problem 15 years <laughs> ago that people like you and myself had um, with the definition of a terrorist when it came to like the Patriot Act and how it was so generically written. My gosh, we could see the writing of the wall a decade and a half ago to lead us to this moment. And here we are. Here we are. <sighs> here we are. <laughs> yep. And by the way, the, um, the Patriot Act has been used mostly not against terrorists, but something like 98% of the time it's against drug dealers or American citizens in other, in other ways. So uh, it has not turned out to be a positive, as a matter of fact. Now, what is a positive, of course, is um, segregation in our schools. I'm sorry? Apparently there's some segregation in an Atlanta public school now. This is And that, of course, weird. is desirable today. Kyla Posey says she was stunned when she learned about <coughs> classes segregated by race at Maryland Elementary last year. A what? practice she says was put in place and condoned by Principal Sharon Briscoe. First, it was 
just disbelief that I was having this conversation in 2020. So black parent. A person that looks just like me, a black woman. It's segregating classrooms. You cannot segregate classrooms. It's, mm-hmm. you can't do it. Posey says she found out the school was putting black students in two separate classes with okay. two separate teachers. The white kids were placed in six classes with six different teachers. Gosh. The parent says she found this out when she let Briscoe know she wanted her child placed in the classroom of a teacher she thought would be a good fit. Posey says the principal said that wouldn't work. She said that that's not one of the black classes. And I immediately said, what does that mean? Um, I was confused. I asked for more clarification. On, I was like, we have those in the school? And she proceeded to say that, yes, wow. I have wow. decided that um, I'm going to place all of the black students in two classes. Posey says she insisted her child be placed in a class with white students. She says Briscoe explained her child would be isolated. And I explained to her she shouldn't be isolated or punished because I'm unwilling to go along with your illegal and unethical practice. The Posey's wow, recorded good. a call with an assistant principal where they complained about the segregated classes. <laughs> the administrator confirmed it was the principal's decision and seemed to offer an explanation why the classes were set up this way. Kyla Posey has filed this discrimination complaint with the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights. Her attorney, Sharice Shields, says what's going on at Mary Lynn is a violation of Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 say that you cannot uh, treat one group of people differently based upon race. And that is what is going on at Mary Lynn. That is just incredible. How can they think this is okay? That's a principal of a school. She's had some in, you know, some education. She knows there are laws against segregation like this. And yet, she just did it anyway. Yeah, I've decided that uh, we're going to have black classes and white classes. Why? Still didn't really... Well, because, oh, I guess some of them need services that was weird like what kind what of a service? weird response what kind of service do the kids get when they're only in a class with blacks as opposed to like a an integrated classroom that is some weird stuff <laughs> some, and how do you break the law like that and it's it's seemingly just fine one parent complained one at least that we know of right they, and certainly, if there were others, they would have interviewed them, right? Right. And, and, and part of you thinks that, oh my gosh, only one parent complained. But at the same time, it shows you, look who they're doing the news story with. Yeah. The, the, the mom the with person. common sense that uh, doesn't want racism in her child's school. What a racist. Right? That she doesn't want racism oh in the class. Oh my gosh. What a racist. What a sellout. She's not really black. Yeah. That's the You're thing. You're not black enough. <laughs> Triple eight, 900. <laughs> Thirty-three ninety-three. Pat Gray. Great to have you with us. Got some tweets uh, here from Pickapool. Joe Biden empathetic. Well, if you leave off that first syllable, no, oh, you're right. spot on. Well, that would leave it at pathetic yeah i think that was the point huh. of pinkapool's tweet there really yeah yeah hmm. old buck stopping biden uh we literally left the taliban stronger after 20 years of war against them 
It's so depressing. Pew pew one pew. Biden is giving China everything they want. After all, you have to take care of your son's art investors, right? Jeffy's 18 spoons. Uh, Keith touched on something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I am terrified of how it will be for my kids when they raise their own kids. Even the one who fully participates in the LGBTQIA2 plus nonsense. Uh, yeah. Just, what kind of a world are we uh, creating yeah. for them? Or are we allowing to be created, I should say? Yeah. A crazy one. One that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. One where you can't even believe your own eyes. Ears. Any of your senses, for that matter. Uh, Jay Cutler, who's retired from the NFL, and uh, he has embraced a new position. He's the man of the people, apparently. The unapologetic former quarterback, lauded for his strong arm and remarkable dude energy, (laughs) announced that he's been pulled from an Uber NFL promotional campaign after voicing his opinions on school board's strict mask mandates on children. Uh, Cutler has quoted videos of passionate parents, including OutKicker founder Clay Travis's grilling of the Williamson County Board on Tuesday, fighting for their children's rights to forego masks, and additional PPE in the classroom setting, all based on the CDC data that supports children's safety from serious COVID effects. Sure. So (laughs) Cutler is uh, pissed off that they're having to wear masks, and he's not behind it. So Uber apparently dropped him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fortunately, he doesn't. He didn't care about Uber's opinions. Apparently, adding future school board member to his Twitter bio. (laughs) Lost a commercial with Uber Eats, partnering with the NFL. Was going to film in L.A. Uh, Views aren't aligned, so his views aren't aligned with Mm -hmm. Uber's. Guess they don't like future school board members. <laughs> Freeze up my weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, he's probably made enough money in his career that you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Oh, no. I'm not going to get the 50000 for the Uber shoot. <laughs> okay. All righty. Right. And you move on. So good for him. Uh, you know, he seemed like kind of an arrogant sort of douchey guy when he was quarterback. Right. But uh, he's been pretty solid of late. It yeah. seems, and we we need people with that kind of attitude. Yeah, uh, defending the rights of kids to breathe freely in America. No questions. I appreciate that. How would sure. you like to go through? Well, we're we're going right back to the when we were in the midst of this thing a year ago, or or a little bit more than that. Yeah, it's because I mean the kids we're are right the ones back in it who are who are affected the most, right? I mean yeah. they're the ones that <clears throat> that that. that can catch this disease, this virus, and it, it's just right, and they ripping right through the, the... Kills them dead almost right. every time. You just can't yeah. take chances with the kids. <laughs> Except for the opposite is, of course, oh, true okay. on that. But uh, I noticed uh, with one of my doctors, they, they called me yesterday because I have an appointment today, and they said, oh, uh, don't come into the office. Oh, we're going to do a, a, com- a, video, a video conference call. Oh, well, okay. Uh, for actually... Real? I kind of prefer that, but that's what they were doing last year during the height of this. And so now they're going back to it. They're going back to it. <laughs> I've ever told you about the time I went to the doctor and we did the same kind of thing. Dude was in the next room <clears throat> over just sitting in his office talking to me through the screen. That's asinine. I mean, stop it, please. And then, but then he came in after the conversation. Then he came in to talk to me more. It made no sense. Dear God, this world. <laughs> that I really can't doesn't. I can't take it. I this is just about optics. It's not about safety. Exactly. <laughs> 
Who uh, who was the optics not safety person? Uh, I don't remember who said that. Who did that one? Corby? Somebody under Saki when she was out. Oh, okay. All right. So it was one of the Biden spokespeople, <laughs> deputy press secretary or something. Anyhow, uh, the world is insane. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Over the weekend, our own Steve Dace uh, tweeted out, there are 74.2 million minors in America, according to the last census. That means an American minor has 0.00047% odds of a COVID-involved death. Uh-huh. Well, okay. so you're saying there's a chance. Saying there's a chance, Steve. Yeah, that's what you're saying. There's okay. a chance. Oh, then he, then he gets some other cute little fact. He likes playing with numbers, this Steve Dace. Yesterday, NASA announced the asteroid Bennu has a point. 5-8% chance of striking the Earth for an extinction-level event by 2300. There's a better chance of the world being destroyed right. by an asteroid. By 12,000-something percent, I think it is. Uh, I scribbled out there. Uh, then for a child dying yeah. of COVID. Right. Yeah, oh, there, there you go. Okay, he wrote it up 12, there. 12,240% chance. <laughs> My gosh. That's incredible. So there you That's go. That's a great tweet, Steve. That is great. That's I love the numbers. Tweet. I love it when someone does the math like for that. me, too. Yeah, because I do I'm appreciate not, that. Not doing that. So. I'm not, totally not doing that. And if I do it, I'm doing it wrong. Uh-huh. So a 12,240% greater chance that a meteor Will destroys destroy life, all on, life the planet on the planet than a child dies of COVID in America. That's amazing. How amazing is that? Jeez. But yet our policies <laughs> in our schools in these progressive <clears throat> towns are mask up, kids. Oh, we're, we're, we're ruining. We are ruining a generation of yeah. Americans. Just, I mean, just, I mean, the numbers mm-hmm. are even, the numbers don't lie. I mean, look at the IQ of the children that have been born during this pandemic alone. They, they can't even see, they can't see, you know, the, the facial expressions and, mm-hmm. and, and, and learn how to speak properly. It is devastating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, check it out. There's a couple stories deep there. The IQ thing. The IQ oh, of yeah. children during the pandemic. It's absolutely atrocious. Uh, when it comes to children who were left behind during the pandemic lockdowns, it wasn't just school-age children who were affected. Instead, a new study found that the IQ for kids born during the pandemic is down roughly 22 points. In the decade <sighs> preceding the pandemic, the mean IQ score... On standardized tests for children aged uh, between three months and three years of age, hovered around 100. But for children born during the pandemic, that number tumbled to 78. Wow. Gross. Now, this is from analysis that's yet to be peer-reviewed. So don't panic yet. Okay, so we don't panic yet. You remember how a year and a half ago you and I were sitting here and so many others were saying, you know, we are going to do more harm to our society than the viruses with our mandates and our policies and the masks and the and the, mm-hmm. all this uh, lockdown, all this insanity. I mean, we saw this coming. Come on. For a frame of reference, the IQ threshold for people with intellectual disabilities okay. is between 70 and 75 points. They're scoring 78. Jeez. Uh, that's amazing. We find that children born during the pandemic have significantly reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance compared to children born pre-pandemic. That's Depressing. really something. Depressing. Is there anything else that can go wrong? And, of course, the answer is yes. Yeah, please, careful. Yes, and it will. <laughs> 
uh, and your mask may be giving you COVID eyes. Uh, so you don't have Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> he's got COVID eyes. COVID nineteen eyes. Oh, he's like guys. <clears throat> this is real time. Yeah, Pat working is working it. on a parody uh-huh. as we speak. Uh huh. Yeah, COVID <laughs> eyes. Now that uh, mask wearing has become a part of our everyday life, we're starting to no. see a oh, no. few medical conditions associated with them. First, it was mask acne. Now doctors are seeing an increased uh, an increase in a condition called. Uh, Calcium. It's a buildup of bacteria Gross. along the lash line that can cause painful oh, cysts. Look at that. That's Ech. nasty. Ah! Get that off the okay. screen, Robert. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> uh, Dr. Leslie Norris with Grand Rapids Ophthalmology says they're seeing an increase in cases in western Michigan. In addition to good facial hygiene... <sighs> Uh, Dr. Norris says many eye doctors are also recommending that patients use mouthwash. That cuts down on bacteria in our mouth. So, mm. so rinse your mouth right. out to Gosh. keep your eyes again. Yeah, but of course, uh, this is a lie because Dr. Fauci told us there were absolutely no bad effects from mm. wearing a mask. What? You remember that? Did he really? Yeah, there's no deleterious effect from wearing a mask. Oh, huh. Well, that doesn't seem to be true either, like every other freaking lie you've ever told us. So let's use brain cells before we Mm -hmm. post things on the internet. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Meanwhile, somebody took this video at a Delta Airlines counter, the agent uh, refusing to help the travelers until their toddler was wearing a mask. Stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself, the mom says. Absolutely. I'm with the kid, man. No. Right. No. I mean, that's ludicrous. We're destroying our children. Destroying them. Through public policy and mandates. I'm with him. That's how I am when I'm putting on my mask. Love it. In fact, that kid's a little more calm than I am. Because think really? about this. Think about when society wasn't going through the COVID insanities that we deal with, okay, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. year and a half ago. We were already destroying our kids. Mm-hmm. Now we have just put layer upon layer upon layer on top of the earlier insanities. These mm-hmm. poor children today. God bless them. Hold them close and teach them because whew, this world. Oh, boy. Good times. Good times. Mm-hmm. The Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Oh, no, don't I didn't do know this. there was an Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Did you know <laughs> Do that? they have an award show? Uh, oh, is it yes, on pay-per-view? Every February. <laughs> uh, they've issued guidelines that suggest employing such terms as... No, don't do it. Chest feeding, human milk feeding, and parents' milk to promote what it calls gender-inclusive language. So, Point of personal privilege? Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Please do not use gendered language to to address everyone. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh, the ABM, you know, the American, or the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Yeah. Their position statement on infant feeding and lactation-related language and gender, co-authored by eight doctors and the Academy. Take their license. Said that the use of de-sexed or gender-inclusive language is appropriate in many settings. (laughs) Uh, 
I don't know why it would be because, uh-huh. um, because <laughs> it's not men a real can't thing. Do any of those? It's things? not a thing. It's not a thing. It is not a thing. If you're a man, look. Here's the thing. Even if you are a man who thinks he can do these things, don't you consider yourself a woman? So why do I have to include men in this? Because if you're a man, you know you can't do these things, right? Now, if you're a trans woman, you used to be a man, but now you're a woman. (laughs) Then you believe you're a woman. Mm -hmm. So why would I care about this language? Mm -hmm. It just doesn't doesn't make any, any sense even on their level. ABM, you know, the Academy of Breastfeeding, Breastfeeding Medicine, Medicine. Uh, recognizes that not all people who give birth and lactate identify as female. Help. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, because we're talking about, okay, I get it then. The okay. female who's transitioned to male, they can still, in some cases, so they don't uh, breastfeed, but they're not, you know, they're not men. Chest so, feeding. Yeah. Uh, and that some of these individuals identify as neither female nor male. Uh-huh. Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine suggests chest feeding, father's milk. <laughs> Wait, uh, no, not a thing. Uh, let's see. So that obviously chest feeding replaces breastfeeding. Uh, then there's lactating, expressing, pumping, human milk feeding. Alternates for breast milk include milk, human milk. Expressing? Mother's own milk, parent's milk, and father's parents milk. Parent's milk? I'm going to tell you, the father doesn't have any milk. Okay, there's no need for doing this. <laughs> so stupid. Nope. These are supposed to be doctors, scientists. Yeah. Those people. are eight doctors that need to lose their license. People of fact and and biology. They're supposed to be... People who understand science. Well, but it's Republicans, right? It's conservatives who are science deniers. Shut up. I don't ever Just want to hear that gut again. check. Stop. Yeah, I don't ever want to hear that again. Let me tell you about Tommy John. This is something that you can relate to, something that does make sense. Apollo is Tommy John's newest and most advanced men's underwear yet. Performance-grade dry-release fabric blend that's exclusive to Tommy John. It's Tommy John's latest comfort innovation, and you can't get it anywhere else. Apollo men's underwear is proven to keep you drier and up to 7 degrees cooler than regular cotton underwear. So comfortable, so great. Uh, that's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. That's really true. Apollo underwear. Soft, supportive, stretches for the perfect fit every day. And it's available in sizes up to 4XL. Wow, I wonder if that would fit Jeffy. Think he, you think that's high enough for Jeffy? I don't know. Tommy John, send know. us a couple of 4XLs <laughs> and we'll, we'll try it out for you and get back. With over 15 million pairs sold, men across America love Tommy John underwear. Because there's no more... Flopping, sticking, or chafing. Uh, I love it. And don't forget their loungewear, too, which I wear all the time. It's really become a part of my body, almost. And like all Tommy John underwear, Apollo comes with the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee. Right now, get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com Unleashed. Go to TommyJohn.com Unleashed and get all the details.
Gray Unleashed. Just a quick note here from Afghanistan. Oh, what do you got? Uh, the Taliban is now seizing personal weapons from their citizens because Afghans can now feel safe. That's a quote from them? That's the quote. Afghans can, can now feel safe. So you so don't need you weapons. no longer need a weapon. We're protecting you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So there you go. Now well, you can feel safe. Now that the Taliban is in charge. It's it's amazing. That's one of their first official acts. I'm sure that will really comfort the Afghans. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Now we can feel safe. Because hmm. uh, you guys are here. The ones who cut people's heads off uh, for leaving the house without their husband. That kind of thing. That's great. Okay. Yeah, I feel pretty safe. <laughs> yeah. That's like the British uh, before the Revolutionary War hmm. trying to confiscate Americans' weapons. Because now, you know, we're here. Now we're occupying your land. You, you can feel safe. Yeah, no, no thank you. No thank that's you. That's what started it. Exactly. I mean, and that's exactly what it's to prepare for or to fight against. And they know this, which is and why. And they know it, which is why they're doing it. Yeah. Because, uh... This thing's not over for the poor Afghans. They've got a long way to go. All right. Things not looking good in Australia. Like Melbourne. Here's what the scene looks like in uh, Melbourne, Australia right now. Social distancing between places. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So hold on a second. Can you pause this for a second? So, so what's happening is people want to protest in Australia all mm-hmm. of the incredible uh, oh, the lockdowns, lockdowns and the measures and, are going yeah. through. Yeah, and so this guy for Rebel News shows up uh, to see the police presence. The police are preventing this protest from happening, and in the process, he's pointing out how social, social distance, distance they are. Yeah. This is how they come in formation. This is uh-huh. how they spread around the city to enforce mm-hmm. COVID restrictions. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> See you later, mate. So, Mine? Victoria Police have managed tonight to pretty much quash dissent in Melbourne CBD. Just look around. Hundreds of police gathering to shut down a small group of protesters who dare criticise the government for locking down our city for 18 months. That's the reality here in mm. Melbourne tonight. This is our sixth lockdown which was supposed to be only snap for seven days, and today it turned into at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. 15 days to flatten the curve comes yeah, to we, mind. We heard the same thing. We heard the same <clears throat> exact thing. Now, nah, just, hey, bear with us for 15 days. We you just get 15 days, right? that curve. Yeah, yeah, we can do anything for 15 days. Uh, and then when it stretches out past Easter, then it... Memorial Day, sure. Fourth of July. Wait, which Fourth of July are you talking about? The last year. Fourth oh, of last Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. And then, we can do and that. then uh, Labor Day. So uh, we can do okay. that, dude. Well, all right. After Labor Day, just make it to Halloween. So okay. okay. Can I travel I mean, for holidays? Thanksgiving. Just make it through Thanksgiving. So I can't Don't go have see Thanksgiving dinner family? with your family. Not this year. How about Christmas? But just you know, maybe by Christmas. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. no, not Christmas. Mm-mm. The heck. No. But it's a new year. Okay? Yeah. Now it's a so, new year. All right. Cool. Uh, so now, now we're so, now we're free again. So well, no. If we can just wait till after <laughs> Valentine's. Day when it will be fine after we'll Valentine's fine. Day, oh, yeah, and then after, uh, well, let's get through the inauguration, yeah, you know, uh, and uh, and okay. the 
and the State of the Union address. Oh. And then, well, okay, and then Easter. Let's get through Easter. Wait, which Easter are we and talking then, about? If we no. can get through Easter, then maybe by the Fourth of July, you can have a picnic with a couple of your friends in the backyard. Oh, okay, wait, with a couple but of my okay. So no. So now, how about? Am I free now? Not just a little while longer. Just a if little. If you can just get me till Labor Day ish, then. Wait, which labor? Now I'm confused. Which Labor Day are we talking about? Which, by the way, you notice the very first day, the mm. very first day that Biden was in office. They came up with that federal building mandate for masks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, mm-hmm. it's just, oh, crap. We're, well, we're in power now, so. Mm-hmm. And so have they have they altered the masks on plane thing? I know, like, September 13th was the deadline for that. Has the FAA done anything differently? As Not far that as I know it? of. Not that I know of. Mm. Uh, how long is this other Australian thing that's getting more and more insane there? Do we have time to play that before uh, the... Which, uh, the cop? The no, we don't. You know what, though? Do the do the next one. The Australia implements... Uh, clip 14. Watch this. $5,000 from the spot breach of home quarantine. Okay. $5,000 on the spot for lying on a permit. <laughs> uh, $5,000 on the spot fine for lying to a contact tracer. $3,000 on, on the spot fine for breaching the two-person exercise Two-person rule. $3,000 on the spot fine for breaching rules. You mean I'm supposed to give you $3,000 on the the spot yeah. right then and if there. you're exercising with more than one other person then i have to give you five thousand or yeah. three thousand dollars or else we're right not gonna let you in there go back into your house i don't understand i mean this wow western society is in free fall right now wow and 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 this isn't just isolated and maybe we'll have time later in the program this isn't just isolate australia this is now in new york too de blasio was threatening fines for forging vaccine papers or whatever yesterday i mean shut up yeah get out my face and what's interesting is it doesn't seem to be that that big a problem in australia right now no i don't think they've even got the kind of outbreak we do no not even close it's a world Amazing. gone mad, and it's not about your health. It's never been. <laughs> it's us. about control. Yeah, It's about control. All right, we're going to talk to uh, Jeff Deist, who is a historian and an expert on Calvin Coolidge. We, oh. we wanted to talk about when was the last really great president? <laughs> Might have been Calvin Coolidge. Uh, we'll talk about him next. <laughs> Listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Triple Eight Nine Hundred Thirty Three Ninety Three. Great to have you with us. Uh, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about I don't know when was the last time we had a great president. <laughs> I mean, Trump did some really good things, and before him, Reagan did some Reagan good did yep. some good things, mm-hmm. but the last to me truly great president was probably Calvin Coolidge. To me, he is, I don't know, definitely top five. Maybe even top three. <laughs> See, is he your favorite president? He's my favorite, president? far and away. Yeah. He's Keith's favorite mm-hmm. president. He's been talking about Calvin Coolidge for a long time. So we thought we'd get somebody on who could uh, who could discuss Calvin Coolidge uh, and, and remind us about uh, some of the things that, you know, we're missing, especially... <laughs> Today, in light of everything that's going on, uh, Jeff Deist joins us from the Mises Institute. Jeff, uh, welcome to The Blaze. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I have to say, he's probably historian's least favorite president. <laughs> I know. We all know why. I know. He is so <laughs> underrated. 
and undervalued. Why, why is that? Well, it's very simple because historians tend to run progressive, and progressives love mm. this idea of a transformational president. Mm-hmm. And so this guy, who is an absolutely unheralded genius, gets stuck between two progressive icons, namely, obviously, FDR mm-hmm. and Woodrow Wilson. Right. So God forbid we should have a, a decade of relative peace and prosperity without any great new deals or transformations. And so they hate right. this stuff. They want presidents to come in and act as basically kings and yeah. uh, show us the way the world should be, rather than referees who are sort of over to the side making sure that America works right. I mean, this all, you could trace it back to his time as governor in Massachusetts, and even before that. I mean, the, the guy did great things while he was in whatever office he held. Uh, but to me, the start of his greatness was kind of his, in, in his vice president's role, when he and Harding uh, got America out of the Depression of 1920, um, they cut. Did they not cut the federal budget by 50 percent in two years? <laughs> Absolutely remarkable. I mean, these numbers are are laughable today. Yeah, We're talking oh, yeah. about a federal budget of five, six billion dollars. I mean, that's a sneeze over at the Pentagon or someplace today. <laughs> that's uh, for sure. But, but liter- literally, I mean, we see the federal budget throughout the decade of the 20s go from about $6 billion down to below three. It's amazing. That's amazing. In the course of a decade. Now, I'm talking outlays. Yeah. Um, and, and what's interesting, if you pan forward a little bit and you look at World War II, as we entered that war, we had about a $9 billion budget. And at the height of that in the 40s, we were up to about 90 Wow. So we had 10 times the growth. And then, of course, it scaled back after World War II, God bless them. But it didn't scale back to nine. It scaled back to about 30. So this, this is a remarkable, the 20s is a remarkable decade mm-hmm. in America, and we ought to be studying it more. Yeah, we went from uh, the Depression of 1920 to what, what was referred to as the Roaring Twenties. And for some reason, people seem to look back with a negative viewpoint on the Roaring Twenties. Well, first of all, this guy, I mean, constitutionally, in his personality, Calvin Coolidge just isn't an activist. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he didn't want to run the world. He, had, he was renowned for sleeping 12 hours a day. <laughs> really? Uh, which is a beautiful thing in a president. God help us. Step back. Yeah. But, but more importantly, he used to be, you know, I don't, I'm not sure today we could have a president who is as silent or as, I guess, taciturn mm. is the word. Uh, you know, some people think that the 1960 Nixon versus Kennedy debate, which was the first televised one, forever put us into this era of, you know, I don't know, telegenic or, uh, you know, type A presidents. Uh, and so could a guy like Cal- Calvin Coolidge get elected today? I think the answer is probably no. No, right. But, he, but, but his, his instinct, his sense was to not do something rather than do something. And he had the courage to say, you know, business isn't this thing that's outside of society or, uh, you know, business is a part of America. Business is a big part of America. That's what makes America this sort of happy, prosperous place. And rather than demonizing it, you know, why don't we look at it as something the government ought to foster? And, you know, he, he, he had dealt with the Spanish flu in Massachusetts he had argued against the League of Nations. Uh, th- this was a humble guy, and, and humility, man, oh, man, and it's our fault. 
in many ways. We want presidents today to be these omniscient people who can mm-hmm. who know everything about health care in Afghanistan, and they know what's right for Anchorage, Alaska, and Miami, Florida, and it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that Calvin Coolidge would not have a Twitter account uh, <laughs> if he were around today. He wouldn't use it much if he did. You know, I, 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 can I just ask a quick question, Jeff? Uh, one of the last things that Calvin Coolidge said, uh, it was after FDR was elected, and he told a friend that he, he, quote, I feel I no longer fit in with these times. My gosh, if he thought that about, like, the, the impending FDR era, how would he react to what's going on in this country today? Yeah, he said that, I believe, in 33. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, this is, I think every uh, elderly generation starts to feel this. But, the, you know, the pace of change is accelerating. There's no question about it. And this was a guy who, you know, really viewed money and debt so differently than FDR. This was a guy who came out openly and said, inflation is repudiation. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning that's literally a default by the U.S. government on its promise to savers, to old people, to holders of dollars in foreign governments, wherever they might be. You know, and that's, that's something else. Uh, the Federalist, if you guys know the Federalist website, uh, they found a speech from Coolidge in the 1920s, uh, which was just absolutely remarkable uh, in terms of its humility and talking about how, you know, we ought to be a humble nation. We ought not to tell the rest of the world how to live their life. We ought to recognize that the rest of the world might have uh, view things differently than us. And as I'm reading this or rereading this, I'm just thinking of Afghanistan mm. and the, the 20 mm-hmm. years we've been there. And I was thinking, my God, if we'd had a, a little more foresight and a little less hubris, uh, we might have a, a lot fewer uh, problems over there. Yeah, no question about it. Definitely a humble man. And isn't that in part why he didn't run for another term um, in, what, 28? Was that, yeah, in 1928, he decided, and he probably would have won another term, but he decided um, he didn't he didn't want to be a king, and he thought that was going to be spending a little too much time in office. Well, he'd had that sort of partial term after Harding died suddenly. Right. Right. So there was that. But so also, it was about six years, right, that yeah, he was president? Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, during his time in the White House, his son Calvin died. And it was yeah. a very, it was in a, a very really weird way. Psychologically. He, so he was playing lawn tennis at the White House, visiting, mm-hmm. stubbed his toe, uh, had a growth on it. And back then, of course, this was simple staph infection. We didn't have penicillin. And when staph gets into your blood, it turns into mm. sepsis. And so, so a weird. week later, a week later, his 16-year-old was dead. And I don't think anybody ever really recovers from that psychologically. No, and he certainly didn't. So, I, I mean, this is, this is a guy who <laughs> was so quiet, uh, the opposite of vain. And you look at, look, I, I like Trump. I'll be honest about that. But mm-hmm. you look at Trump and you look at Biden. My God, who who is this guy sort of robotically bumbling around into bushes and stuff? 
And I look at yeah. that and I think if that is the if that's the the international avatar for the United States of America. Yeah. Bad. You know what? In 22 or in 24, any candidate, I mean this is we're beyond ideology, folks. Any candidate who just projects mm-hmm. some degree of competence and some degree of optimism that America could be a place where people own stuff and have a house and maybe have a business and have some stocks, just this this malaise. I mean, the Vietnam 2.0 Anybody who can project some kind of positive image or positive program for America, I think, is going to be uh, giving Biden some trouble. Yeah. yeah. I, how do you think he would handle the Afghanistan situation? Well, you, you, you have to understand, this is, th- these are people who are war-weary. World War I mm. was rough, rough stuff for the United States. And let's not forget, something like 60% of Americans had at least some degree of German ancestry. This was not a popular war. This was kind of first cousins in some ways at the outset. And then Woodrow Wilson managed to to sell that war. The first time ever that a war was fought, at least by the United States, ideologically to make the world safe for democracy, not over turf. Right. We, you know, we weren't trying to annex France and Germany. Uh, so, you know, that was that was a very, very tough time for America. And I think the 20s were ripe for people to, to be home to feel like they're they're focused on business and their families and having a little bit of fun, and so you know that was a that was a mass mobilization, a mass effort in the United States. Unfortunately, when we look at Afghanistan, that's affected so few of us directly. We haven't been invested. This isn't even like Vietnam, where half the kids on your street were over there. Um, this has been something where we have this sort of mercenary military that's that's over there dealing with it, and we kind of forget about it. And now, of course, everyone's mouthing off on Facebook about Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it just, it never felt like we were all invested in it. Uh, it felt like something far away. And of course, they finance all this stuff with debt. So we don't feel it directly. They don't assess us all an additional 500 bucks a month in taxes, you know, because we all agree we got to fight in Afghanistan. Um, so it's it's just a it's just such a different America. I mean, they, they really you is. know it wasn't until after World War II that we really felt I think like a superpower. So as a uh, Mises Institute historian, where would Jeff Deist uh, place Calvin Coolidge on the pantheon <laughs> of American presidents? Boy, it's you know, in terms of modern presidents, absolutely number one. Yeah. Um, you know, and I would consider modern meaning yeah. after. So after uh, the founding fathers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> so I, I would make him number one. And this is a guy who is grappling with an America, you know, that's growing and changing. And and just the idea that the federal government ought to be a minor reticent player in the story of America has been so utterly lost since then. Mm-hmm. Um that I wish someone could tell that story. Amity Schles is a great historian. <laughs> she runs the Calvin Coolidge Foundation up in Vermont. And she she honestly thinks that there's another Coolidge out there. And, and I hope... Really? Do I hope she's right. Me yeah. too. Does she Just, have a name? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is social media fo- forces these people, I think, into uncomfortable roles. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, very true. You know, like a Ted Cruz. It, he... he Apparently a brilliant guy at Harvard Law. Yeah. 
um, you know, by all accounts, a brilliant law student. And, and, but yet the world we're in forces this celebrity status on politicians. And, and I think it, it's up to us, I, I guess, to, to reward one of them with, with the courage not to be a celebrity. Uh, all right, Jeff, appreciate it. Uh, fascinating stuff. If, if people wanted to uh, read and, and see more, where would they go? Mises.org? Yeah, just go to Mises.org, M-I-S-E-S.org, or follow me on Twitter at Jeff Deist. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. And I, I thank just, you. Th- yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think it's just uh, beautiful historic poetry that Calvin Coolidge's birthday is July 4th. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. How cool is that? Huh? Awesome. Uh, let me tell you about Rough Greens. We've been talking about Rough Greens for quite a while now. This is a pow- powder that you sprinkle over your dog's food to, you know, give it some nutrition because all the nutritional value is seared out of the dry kibble dog food that your dogs eat. Uh, in in the baking process, they, they cook it all out because it has to be sterilized so that it lasts up to three years on the store shelf. So you need Rough Greens to put back the vitamins and minerals and the probiotics and the omega oils that help keep your dog healthy and active. Plus, they love this stuff. Again, my, my dog wouldn't even eat the food with, uh, without the Rough Greens on top of it. Now, will your dog be that way? I don't know, but you can certainly try it out with a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog. Uh, they'll send you just a small little bag that you can try out, see if they like it. If they do, you can jump in with both feet and buy more. All you have to pay initially is for the shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com. That's R-U-F-F, greens.com, roughgreens.com, or call 833-ROUGH-DOG. <laughs> Gray Unleashed. It's just such a different world now that it's it's hard to even imagine somebody like Calvin Coolidge being president of the United States. He wouldn't get elected. He, he just wouldn't be elected. Like, is there an office that he would get elected to? I, I don't think so. I don't think he could be elected local even, mayor, yeah, even local. councilman, nothing. And that 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 says a lot about our society more than anything. Yeah. Not not so much about him, but just boy, have we in less than a century. Well, like I mentioned, he Enjoy. cut the he cut the budget in half. Yeah. We can't cut it one percent now. The cool thing about that is that he would sit around. I think every week or two with his uh, budget official, and they mm-hmm. would have lunch together and, and go through line by line. You know, it's like have you ever watched the movie Dave? Uh, remind, yeah, he's the president. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Though? The president dies, and the guy okay. who impersonated him all the time yeah. is put in because they don't want the guy to they don't want him mm-hmm. to know. And uh, so Dave brings his really good friend who's good at, uh-huh. at numbers. Right. Brings, it, brings yeah. him into the Oval I Office and they work this. on the deficit. Yeah. But, but <laughs> he was so... It's like that. Right. He was so precise yeah. that he was saying how uh, <clears throat> Calvin Coolidge, we shouldn't even... Why are we wasting money on ink on the U.S. mail carriers' mail delivery bags? Yeah. That's why they're this bland canvas thing is because he saw a chance to save a, a nickel or two for the American taxpayer. The man was incredible. Yeah, he, he was. was. so good. He just was. And unemployment went from 11.7% down to 2% or something over the two years uh, uh, that, that uh, he and Harding were in office. I mean, just some amazing, amazing feats pulled off. And again, there was a depression that was worse than the depression of 29 in 1920, 
but because of what Calvin Coolidge did and what Warren Harding did, it was quick. It, it we got out of it in about a year. Yep. Instead of twelve years and a world war to pull us out. So, uh, really exceptional. Just an incredible presidency, and 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 people hate him now. Yeah, <laughs> they hate him. Well, yeah, if they even pay attention to him at all. But uh, yeah. teach your kids. Teach your kids <laughs> because we did have great Americans in the past. In fact. Do what I did. Read uh, the book Coolidge by Amity Schlaes with your kids. Have them learn who good he idea. was, yeah. and they will see that, oh my gosh, it is possible uh, to have a, a great leader that, that also cuts the budget at the same time. I didn't realize that Amity uh, believed that there's a Calvin Coolidge out there somewhere. Uh, that would be... I'd like to... We, we should talk to we her. We should talk to her. <laughs> if I know. Okay, yeah. give us names. Who is names. this guy? Who is this person? <laughs> let's, let's go protect this person right now. And I wonder if she thinks it's Ted Cruz. Because that's who uh, Jeff brought up. Mm. Mm, I wonder if she's mentioned Ted Cruz as the potential Calvin Coolidge. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Um, uh, there's a couple that is going to require proof of vaccination for their 100 guests at their upcoming wedding. Uh, okay. Uh huh. Ali uh, Mesmer and, and Kevin Field were engaged in the spring of 2019 with the wedding set for fall 2020 when the pandemic first uh, hit everything. Their plans were ready to go, and then the plug was pulled in late July and early August. Ali will now walk down the aisle a year later, this October, in Minneapolis, navigating still more left turns. Uh, we want to ensure that our wedding is fun, but also safe, the couple Yay. says. They've updated their website to show their wedding will be a fully vaccinated only event. 100 guests will have to show proof for entry. They believe the majority of their friends and family already have the shot, so yeah. shouldn't be a problem. And there are people listening to this show right now who can identify with their own family. Uh, people that they know that aren't going to show up because, <laughs> ah, you know, it's not, uh, you're not vaccinated? Okay, well, I... I I'm not going there. Or, or you can't come to my house unless you're fully vaccinated. I mean, this mm-hmm. is such a thing now. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Especially when you... Oh, oh, no. Uh, what was the thing this morning? What was it? Uh, all 27 people who tested positive on a recent cruise were fully vaccinated. Yeah, because you don't you have to be vaccinated to get on the cruise? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The tested positive for uh, COVID were fully vaccinated. Yes, yeah. so I guess. Yeah, so I think that would make sense that everybody vaccinated. would. But man, yeah. I thought it was the unvaccinated that was just keeping us down, keeping us from being able to enjoy life again. On one cruise, 27 people are infected. Mm-hmm. That's, a lo- that, that's a lot of vaccinated people. That's got to be a pretty high percentage. I don't know what are they maybe they had 3000 on the cruise but still 27 people on one cruise that sucks that is not a good percentage I don't think I'd be happy with that But you remember mask or vax said Joe Biden in quote Right and now it's masked and vax Oh nice yeah Yeah so or how about neither uh, Thanks <laughs> I'm gonna live my life <laughs> What must be what but must be white. There he is. But must be white. There's our commander. But must be white. My back's been white. My back's been white. There he goes with his uh, outside voice again. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what a world. <laughs> what a what a world. <laughs> Batman sidekick Robin has come out as bisexual. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I think so. the greatest the greatest uh, comment on this. Somebody said. Uh, 
I, I can't believe this. I, I refuse to believe that Robin has sex with women. <laughs> it's cute. That's awesome. That's funny. See, <laughs> see what they did there? Uh, the latest teenage iteration of Batman sidekick Robin has been revealed as bisexual in an upcoming comic. They love to do this now. Yep. Tim Drake, the name of the character. What happened to... Uh, I thought it was Burt Ward. Wasn't that his name? Mm. Uh, Tim Drake is the name of the character in this particular Robin, who doubles as Robin in the newest Batman Urban Legends installment. Uh, describes the incident... When he learned of his feelings toward a fellow of some guy named Bernard Dowd as a light bulb moment. The story goes, Robin had a light bulb moment while fighting side by side with Bernard. How many times has this happened to you? Well, look, it's you know, the, when you're fighting side sure. by side with some guy and you in, realize, hey, I'm pretty attracted to him. In spandex. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's, right? that's the weakness, I guess. After coming to his rescue as Robin, Tim later hits up Bernard's pad. And you can see the anticipation building because he hypes himself up saying, it's okay, Tim, you got this. Oh, no, gosh. When Bernard opens the door, he's on the verge of asking out Tim on a date. Uh But Tim interrupts with, I'm really glad you got home, okay? I was relieved. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about that night. And Uh. I, I don't know what it meant to me, not yet, but I'd like to figure it out. What is and no, then, uh, no? And then, yeah, that's right, baby. And then uh, Bernard asks him out, and what, the two agree see, to hook up on a date. Want to see my grappling hook collection? <laughs> my utility belt. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Oh, oh. Are we right. gonna wear the blindfolds tonight? That's okay. right, Mama. Help us. So stupid. I'm so tired of it. I know. Why do they have to sexualize you know, everything? Everything from Harry Potter, you got to sexualize that by saying, after the fact, oh, oh yeah. and by the way, right. Dumbledore was gay. Okay. No, we, shut up. And now Robin is gay or bi or yeah, whatever. It's bi. Ugh. I just, I mean, really? A, they're pretend. Okay, so they're not. So they're not, they're not, honestly, okay. they're nothing. They're nothing. They didn't really do that. We're just trying to make a political statement now and trying to be politically correct. So stop it. Gut check, full stop on that. All right. 888 Use that number tomorrow. See you then. Good work. You're on Pat Gray Unleashed.